welcome to the Blue Collar Experts podcast. I'm your host, Gustavo Tapia, and I want to thank you for tuning in today. This podcast is for business owners and for future business owners that are looking to take the leap into entrepreneurship. We know this can be scary, stressful, and sometimes feel impossible. This is why it's important we all share our story. Please remember to subscribe, download, and share, as well as leave us a five-star review. With your help, we can get this show to reach more listeners and enjoy this valuable content. Hey, everyone, and thank you for listening to Blue Collar Experts. We have another great episode for you today. The guest today is Sean Lane, and he is owner of Nano Creek Inc. Sean, thank you for joining today, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure to be here. So I was reading uh, your through your website and through inf- the info that you sent me, and I think it's really cool what you do. So um, you use um, pretty much here as what it says on the website, you create um, ways to um, reduce carbon, right? Yeah, the bottom line, we're helping consumers and corporations permanently sequester carbon into a stronger and more durable concrete using waste plastics and waste tire and even waste ah. bio waste. Um, yeah. So it's, it says there on the website, it's, it appears to be witchcraft. Uh, but when you dive into the uh, physics and chemistry of it all, it, it really is a closed loop solution that we're very excited to be working on. That's what I was reading. I was looking for it and I couldn't find it. And when you said tire, it reminded me. You, uh, I read here that you said, you want to be the only company in America converting waste plastics and tire rubber into high value products, just as a stronger, more durable concrete is what you're saying. That, that's awesome. How do, you, how do you even begin something like that? Because, you know, most business owners, most entrepreneurs, like a lot of the times, you know, can start from, I don't know, their home and this, do you, do you start, is this something that gets started in the home and then expands into something bigger or how does this work? Yeah. So, and I should be clear that we are still in the very early stages, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it starts in, it starts in the home and starts in the uh, garage space that you have. And uh, really where this came to from my background is, you know, I've, I'm a well-read person. Um, I'm not doctoral educated or anything, but I'm very well-read and I've been keeping up on the waste materials upcycling industry for years. And also I've been very curious and interested in graphite and graphene in their properties. And a couple of years ago, I had read a professor at a university of or Rice University figured out a way to develop graphene from waste plastics and kind of the light went off in my head and at that point, I thought, well, someone more qualified and more, more, I guess, well-funded than me would uh, go after solving this problem. But, you know, pandemic hit and then 2021 and 2022 rolled around and still hadn't seen any companies doing what I thought was pretty obvious. So I just decided to jump in with both feet. Cool. That's, that's the best way to go at things. This is going all in. Um, what so? What would you say? What stage is NanoCree at right now? What What are you trying to accomplish at the moment? Right now, we are in the pre-seed uh, stage. We are acquiring 
what's called graphitic material samples mm -hmm. uh, to be able to go and get ASTM certification uh, for the end use product because when you're talking about building materials, it really comes down to third party verifications and certifications that the product does what it says you say it does and can be verified and validated. Um, so where we're at right now is going to take those samples to get ASTM testing so that we can raise funds to purchase the machinery to break down the waste ourselves in-house. And how do you, is this the first time that you're doing this type of business or do you have a prior experience with something similar? This is my first time doing a business like this. Um, I come from the, I was an independent insurance broker for the last seven years um, mm -hmm. and based out of Denver, Colorado here. And, you know, having witnessed the firsthand, literally with the Marshall fire, witnessing the effects of continual inaction uh, in the climate change arena. To me, it's, it felt like a, like I said earlier, it felt like a no-brainer to go after a market solution that can actually reduce the carbon emission cost of concrete and cement for the building material space. Mm -hmm. And then do you, are you currently doing all of this on your own? Do you have some team members or? I've got a co-founder, uh, but it's just the two of us at the moment. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And he's, he brings the mechanical and engineering experience to the table that I don't have. So, yeah. And then, so how do you go about like, what's been your process of <clears throat> knowing what's next? Like, where do you find that information or how have you done your research to know like, okay, I got to go do this first and then I can move on to the next phase. Yeah, that's a good question. So I actually got selected for the, it's a, an accelerator program called the Founder Institute. Mm -hmm. um, that's the world's largest pre-seed accelerator program. And I went through that in the second quarter, third quarter of this year. And that program really helped mm -hmm. refine my ask, refine the customer, refine the, the business model and, uh, and all of that. So having those outside tools has helped me without the previous experience, be able to have the conversations with folks in the industry to get us closer to that first raise. Mm -hmm. Cool. And you mentioned prior to that, that the fire in Colorado, right? Was yeah. one of the reasons why you started to, is that the main reason would you say, or were there other reasons you wanted to go into this venture? Well, I'd say it was a confluence of reasons. I mean, the pandemic was probably the biggest yeah. one because honestly, it was, I had to think of, you know, where would I be if COVID got me and I were laying in the hospital and, mm -hmm. you know, looking back. So it, it was more of a, what am I going to do with the rest of my days now that I am okay and mm -hmm. didn't get COVID? Um, it, it was kind of an existential awakening, if you will. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and sorry about that and um when you talk about your goal here because i do see that you mentioned your goal being to remove 10 million tons of carbon from the environment to be implemented as cementious material so how what, what motivates you to um continue to work every day to try to reach that goal 
for me, it's, I, I come from the standpoint of the only way we're going to even come close to mitigating and living with the various aspects of climate change is going to be from a market standpoint, not from a government edict or anything like that. So why I keep going at this is concrete accounts for 8%, concrete and cement account for 8% of global emissions annually by themselves. But we obviously need to continue building, need to, as in the case in Ukraine, rebuild uh, a lot of places. So we have a an imperative to continue economic growth while utilizing known physics and chemistry principles to produce products that'll last longer with less of an environmental cost. <clears throat> okay, awesome. And how um, how do you come up with a goal like that? Like, how, Is it something that you're brainstorming or is it something that you just thought like, okay, this is where I, I need to put, put a high goal for me to be able to work towards it and, you know, have a commitment towards, or how did that work? Uh, I would say, yeah, mostly the latter and then the former, you know, basically shooting my shot in terms of this is like setting a benchmark. Here's what we're going for. Mm -hmm. Um, Honestly, I think that because the technology that we're developing in partnership with another company um, is infinitely scalable, I think we can hit that very quickly it's just like you say putting the benchmark out there and letting know people know that we're not just fiddling around the edges yeah absolutely and what have you seen from when you started in may to now that um what has been the most challenging so far getting traction without product um we're still in the because we had initially planned on doing the manufacturing of the equipment to break down plastics and rubber ourselves. Um, but we, I discovered a company in, in chats with their owners. Um, they are already producing those machines at scale um, and producing the type of graphitic material that we're looking for. Um, so it's, it's basically shortcutting what would have taken us two to three years of R&D and manufacturing. Mm-hmm. But to get to purchasing those machines, we've got to, like I say, demonstrate through ASTM testing that it works. And so it's just the initial funding gap <clears throat> until we get the machine and repurchase ourselves. Well, have you done anything in terms of, so you need to get the AA, I'm sorry, is ASTM? Is that what you said? ASTM? Yeah, ASTM. Um, we're in the process of, like I've partnered with a company called Intelligent Concrete out here in Colorado, um, mm-hmm. and they are a concrete testing and engineering firm. Um, but we need to be able to, I'm talking with our manufacturing partner to acquire enough sample material to send off to them to get tested, but they obviously don't do testing for free. Yeah. So it's basically a short-term $50,000 fundraise that we're trying to do. Just for the testing, right? Yeah, just for the testing. And we'll have that testing certification by Q2 of 2023. So it's it's a really quick turnaround. But we got to get there. 
what are, would you share with the, the listeners? What are some ways that you plan or you are doing to get that funding? Uh, well, being a first time founder, it's a challenge. Um, mm. And, you know, not having the experience of asking for money for at scale from strangers is, is a challenge. So it's the psychological having to train myself to show the economic upside and then ask for the money. Mm. Um, but it's, do I source that from friends and family right now? Do I, do we do a short or a small equity sale um, short term? Mm. These are questions that I have. No, and those are the right questions because like I've, like for example, for me, I've never had to do those things. Not because I've never needed to. What I'm trying to say is that I've never had needed, had such a big project that required that much funding to be able to need those type of funds in the, to begin with. So I would, my first questions would be like, what do I do? Like, who do I go to? And I think it's sometimes very simple that we sometimes forget like, oh, it could be literally be anybody. It doesn't have to be somebody in the space that you're working in. Like, it just has to be somebody that believes in you, believes in your vision, in your project, and um, wants to see this work out. And maybe uh, some questions too now regarding funding, because this can help other potential business owners. And we're all about sharing uh, knowledge here is that when you get somebody to fund, or maybe you're working through this too like does that mean they also become part owner in the company or is that just money or like how do they get their investment back i guess that's a very great question and i will speak as much as i possibly can with my knowledge um i i would say really the difference between the the question in funding is equity versus non-equity and really, if you're doing an equity fundraise, then you are giving up a percentage of your business mm-hmm. to whomever decides to purchase mm-hmm. in um, or a non-equity fundraise. Those are typically in the form of grants or you know, donations or gifts from friends yeah. and family or whomever. But mm-hmm. those are that's just free money, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in our case, we're going after grants because this is a, a space that needs taxpayer dollars to be thrown at startups to at least try and fail uh, in the green building material space. Um, so we're going after grants at the moment, as well as looking at doing a, an equity fundraise. What are some good places maybe that you've seen just a little bit of options, whether or not you got approved or you're in the process of submitting a grant, but where do you find these grants? Like online, but like, is it, I don't know, is it a, a a state website, a county website, or where would you find these? Good question. So uh, here in Colorado, um, there's a state website portal where you can go and research and apply for grants. Um, And then there's also federal grants. Mm -hmm. Um, Federal grants are a lot more complicated in terms of those are typically awarded out, well, I want to back up. Federal grants are a lot more complicated than state grants. Mm-hmm. Um, but to to find those, um, you're probably better suited looking for a third-party company that quite literally all they do is do federal grant fund writing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple of firms like uh, Eagle Funding. Um, 
Turbo SBIR is a company that I'm familiar with that does federal funding. So there's there's options out there for folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, with with because um, on the website that I that I'm on, you have like some examples. Like here, there's a graph, for example why demand for carbon offsets could surge? Is this something that like through your research, you've just been wanting to share this type of stuff or is this something that you've also come to find out yourself and you created this graphic or like where, um, yeah, like this information, how are you sharing this? Yeah, so there's a lot of industry publications, um, whether it's, uh, gosh, let's just well let's just pick precast concrete pylons um there's in different companies that do entire industry forecasting mm-hmm. um with charts and diagrams and graphs and stuff and that's where i find a lot of this information but to your point about carbon credits that's really where the value add in green building materials is going to be in my opinion is tying together the ability to financially incentivize, in our case, literally we're taking carbon from waste materials and putting it into concrete. That is carbon sequestration. Mm. You should be able to earn an additional income for that sequestration. So that's really the additional value add tie-in. And I see here that on the website too, you have at the bottom, it says partner with Nano Concrete, and then you can like schedule for one hour. Is that like to, for people who are looking to, you trying to look for the funding or is that something different? Uh, no, that's for like subcontractors, um, yeah. contractors, architects, um, hmm. basically end users who are at some point going to be purchasing concrete for their project. Mm-hmm. Um, offering to partner with us to see what type of concrete use their project is going to require and see if there might be a way to implement our solution into that project. Okay, cool, cool, awesome. And <clears throat> once you get through the certification process through the ASTM, the next step would be what? Uh, the next step is going to be raising funds funding, to purchase funding. the uh, the process itself is called pyrolysis, mm-hmm. the act of breaking down waste materials into their constituent carbon atoms. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, after we get the certification, it's going to be using those certifications to go to investors to say that this is what we say, it, this does what we say it does. Now help us buy these machines to make this product at scale. Okay. And then just like any, like, business owner here like are you are you doing this full time at the moment or um yeah how 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 often are you working on this project pretty much full time while working part-time two part-time jobs to keep the lights on yeah Yeah. but i mean it's a struggle and a hustle but it's one of those things you know if if it didn't matter you wouldn't do it exactly yeah no I i love that and i think Sometimes that's like a lot of the times that's how everyone starts, right? They have some type of part-time or full-time job and they're either working on this business plan at night or on weekends or however they can fit it into their schedule. So that's, 
that's awesome. And I think this is not my expertise whatsoever, but I do see the importance of reducing carbon and uh, helping out, of course, the environment with this. So who, who ideally, once this project is up and running, is this catered more towards like a regular customer who needs concrete to, for whatever use or more for like uh, B2B businesses that need tons of concrete? What do you see in the future? I foresee mostly B2B and also B2G business to government. Um, part of my work now is trying to have the conversations with municipalities and local governments to, again, once we have that ASTM certification, show that, look, it's in the taxpayer's advantage to want to have a higher quality concrete product that's going to last longer without them having to shell out more money to repair or replace in the future. Yeah. And how do you have those conversations with them? Like, is that just trying it's to networking, 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 okay. networking. Yeah. I, yeah. I do there. Denver's a pretty vibrant startup and entrepreneurial community, community. Um, obviously not the likes of California or New York city, but um, in terms of in the middle of America, it's probably the biggest um, right there with Texas. So there's events going on. It's just finding the right event and finding the time to go to the event and making sure I have my cards and all of that stuff. So, yeah, yeah it's just networking and being open <laughs> to being introduced to people that you may not even think would be a value to you necessarily, but you don't know unless you have that conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think a lot of times people struggle with that. I know I've struggled with that in the past where I never even imagine myself going to a networking event but then through to my business you know I, I did find myself in different in-person networking events and it was a little scary at first but then it was like you know a little bit more easy to just strike up a conversation with different people so as long as you just try it a few times it definitely gets easier well the thing as a introvert myself uh the thing i try and tell myself that these networking events is there's more than likely one or more persons there that are more risk averse and shy than you but have managed to show up so yeah step out of yourself what's the worst yeah. that can happen yeah exactly exactly um so right now uh sean if you're at the funding stage in order to try to get the certification and then you're going to need the other funding for the uh of course the machinery and all that stuff so right now if anybody out there is listening and will want to know more about your project you know is the website one place they can visit or how else would be the best way to get in contact with you yeah website is great or you can shoot me a direct email it's just my first name sean s-h-a-u-n at nano hyphen crete.com I'm, I'm open. Ask me questions. There's no stupid questions because um, me not being a scientist, I have a lot of stupid questions when researching this industry myself. So I'm very open. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. We'll definitely put your website link and your email in, in the show notes so people can reach out if they do have any questions. And, you know, I can't wait to see how this unfolds and 
know more in the future about this project. I think it's very awesome. And um, yeah, I'd love to uh, keep in touch here. So thank you so much yeah, Tom, for, for, sure. for being on the show. Yeah, I really appreciate your time and uh, your audience's time. And yeah, let's uh, catch up in maybe six months and see uh, yeah. see where we're at there. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks. Take care.